The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. It is 7.06 right now in the studio. So, uh, so happy to have Levi. We met in the studio. Watch this young man grow up as a as a, a youngster who became a, 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 a little worship leader. I want to say it that way because you were a young man. You were, how old were you, 11 or 12? And you were helping lead worship at Blue Ridge for the yes. young? Yeah, about 12 or 13. So uh, you've been playing the guitar for how long now? Oh, man. I was thinking about that yesterday. 24 years now, I believe. 24. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, I've watched this guy grow up. He, he had a little uh, trip down to Nashville. It lasted a few years and trying to network, and that's really hard. He has written music for, for a number of years. He's perfected his way to play the guitar for a long time. And he has cut a new song. He's moving to Chattanooga, not Knoxville. I apologize for that. I knew it was somewhere in Tennessee. Uh, welcome to the welcome to the show, Levi. Yes, thanks for having me. So let's let's talk a little bit about your journey. Let's let's talk about how you went from you know leading worship into saying you know I think I want to play. I want to write songs. How did that develop for you? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I grew up really playing in church a lot and playing with bands in different churches. How I really learned how to be a musician and grow my craft. But I started doing that when I was eight years old and then really didn't start writing songs until about 15. I remember the first song I wrote, actually played it at church, and that was the first time I really felt the effect of my words Mm -hmm. influencing other people and the connection you can make through a song. And so that, that passion grew and in my early 20s decided to make a move to Nashville. And I was mostly a supporting musician, guitar player, Mm -hmm. playing for different artists. Loved doing that. Um, And it wasn't really until 2020 when I moved back to Lynchburg at the beginning of the pandemic when everything shut down that I really sort of looked at some songs I had written after being a supporting musician and went, there's some songs I really want to get out there and record. And so, um, yeah, a couple years ago, went back to Nashville recorded what will be the EP coming out next month. And um, I'm just really excited to share some songs I've written Mm -hmm. with other people, uh, songs I've written myself that I connect with, um, and sort of of expressing this as a solo artist for the first time. Right. So... You, you made a connection, you realized when you, when you make that connection with, and Janet was uh, traveled as a young person too, did some things at, at I guess, Chip, via, Chip, via. Chip Young Studios is where I yeah. worked in, in Nashville and, and did some touring. And that was in the late 80s, early 90s, when Nashville was still sort of Nashville. Very cool. Uh, you did not get Nashville. That was really Nashville uh, when you were there, which is sad. When all the staple honky tonks were still yeah, there. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, and and there was just you know just the, it was all about the singers and songwriters yes. and um, yeah, it's very different from yeah. what it used to be and much and much more difficult and not I don't think as genuine as it as it once was. It's very cookie cutter. I feel like now and for a, a, a creator, that's frustrating. Can be. Yes, yes. It's definitely, it's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. You still have a lot of that traditional music, but you're right, there is a lot of that kind of cookie cutter music as well, and it's just really evolved over the, over the years for the good it's, or the it, bad. It, yeah, it's a it's a, a business. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not from that area. These are West Coast people that have come in. They're running that industry now. It's just yes. very different. Yeah. So tell me why the choice of Chattanooga. What, what, what is driving you to that area? Yeah, so... 
after being in Nashville for five years, again, love my time there. It's just so saturated, and sometimes it's better to go to a smaller pool mm-hmm. where you can make an impact. So Chattanooga has a great music scene. I love the proximity to Nashville, Atlanta, still being able to go in the studio in Nashville when I want and record with people I've connected with mm-hmm. over the years. Um, but yes, I'm really excited to move to Chattanooga and check out that scene. Okay. Let's talk about the song we're going to play here. Give us some background, and then we'll go into it. Absolutely. Yeah, I wrote this song when I was living in upstate New York, and it's really sort of a song about exploring, getting out on your own, growing up, knowing sort of the journey um, is what's most important, not the destination. Mm-hmm. And so it's really sort of a coming-of-age song, but I'm really proud of this song called Highway Home. Okay, we're going to go into it right now. Who's helping you with this song, by the way, instrument-wise? Um, so I had a producer in Nashville cut basically everything else besides guitar, but it's me layering all the guitars. But I had one producer um, okay. who's very talented to do everything else. Okay, all right. We're going to listen to it right now. It's uh, 7-Eleven here on The Morning Jam. Levi, we met Highway Home. Let her go. 
Levi, we met. That's the song Highway Home. All right, Rose, you're the music doctor here. I just I just play good stuff. Good stuff. It is very, very good. Um, I, I, it, it, there's so many good artists that mm-hmm. aren't getting attention. And it's so frustrating when you hear the stuff that's on the radio yep. these days. And then you hear you hear this and it's just like, what is what's happening? Uh, the good news is there are so many artists who are breaking out and having success without having those record deals. Yeah. And so, you know, for you to be able to go and produce your, your, your stuff and get it out there, I think that's the wise thing to do. And uh, I hope you're going to have a lot of success. If people want to hear more of your music, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Levi We Met or TikTok at Levi We Met Music. That's the best way to keep updated with song releases and uh, spell your French last name. French yeah. last name. Spell it. O U I M E T. O U I M E T. It's been butchered a lot over the years. <laughs> yes, my <laughs> favorite was omelet. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> asked him. What's <laughs> probably yeah. one of the most creative ones I've gotten. Oh, so good. Some things you just can't make up. I don't. I don't know where you would get omelet out of well, that. But l- let me just state here. I, I I'm, I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah, that's good. As someone has watched you grow up, I know your parents. I know your sisters, and uh, you know just the journey that you've taken. It's. You've, you, and this is a compliment, by the way. You remind me of Steady Eddie. Okay, there's not, there's not a super high peak, and, and I know you've had low times, but you, you haven't even keeled about you, Levi, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to bode well for your songwriting. You, you have those peaks in your music. Okay, you've got the highs and the lows, and I think this last song we just heard, it's so good, uh, it, it gives you that, and just I know you're grounded, and and I really believe that. Uh, you're going to do well in Chattanooga, and I can't wait to see what in five years what's happened with you professionally and this I hope way. You come home and yeah. play too. Yeah, come Absolutely. home and let yeah. us know what you're doing. And uh, again, it's just a privilege to. And I have to tell you, this is a little selfish right here, okay, Janet? Yeah. But there's a video that goes with this song. Oh. And you know the truck that you're. <gasps> your yes. husband I, I loaned the truck to her husband okay. for, for yes. about a week. Okay, he oh, fell in I love with the truck. You talking about that. He asked me what size engine it had, and I told <laughs> Janet on the air one day. I said, you know, I think he's kind of got a thing for the truck. He's like asking for a measurement. He's That's asking he for a woman's <laughs> measurements when you ask what size engines in the truck. I mean, but uh, you you had a chance to use the truck in the video. I can't wait for the video to come out because my, my pickup truck truck's in, the in there. It looks great, by the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> well. And when is that going to be out? That is going to be out February twenty third. Okay. All right. Make sure you send us a, a note on that, and we'll get that up on our social. Absolutely. Well, Very thank good. you for the kind words, Mike. Yeah, yeah really and I mean it. That. I mean it. It's heart, heartfelt, buddy. Yeah. It is 717 here on the Morning Jam. Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. Beat your headphones with a sledgehammer. I know, right? Peter Gabriel, 721. Ugh, love him. So, is he still with us? I think he is. 
Gabriel? I don't know. I'm afraid to say. I, I mean, we lost people around the holidays that I clearly wasn't paying attention. Right. I, we, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We we have, of course, we do our celebrity, you know, birthdays first thing. And, you know, they're hitting 70s and 80s. And some of these are old rockers. And, you know, they went through rehab and they straightened their lives out, you know, after the 80s were over. But some of them, I, I begin to wonder, are they still with us? Yeah, he's he is seventy three. Okay. Seventy three. Okay. And and in better shape than the Phil. Most? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, because he was in Genesis. Genesis, too, yeah, for sure. Hey, Harvard's getting some uh, some more bad press. <laughs> We've got um, so we have the chief DEI officer who uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. Right. Forty counts of plagiarism. Oh, we talking about the former president? But not just any plagiarism. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Evidently, she has committed multiple instances of plagiarism throughout her academic career. Right. Even plagiarizing from one of her husband's <laughs> works. <laughs> well, at oh, least she's keeping it in the family. Uh, is it a current husband or a former husband? I, mm, I'm, I don't hmm. know. Letter sent anonymously to Harvard, mm-hmm. the University of Michigan, and University of Wisconsin-Madison alleged that Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer Sherry Charleston... Oh, this isn't the... Committed 40 instances mm. of plagiarism, according to the Washington Free Beacon. <laughs> no, this is the the DEI head. Right, right, yeah. I'm, I'm getting confused with the president. Well, and that's, that's why I said job. there are multiple. Right, yeah. Uh, and that's not the only one. And you Harvard, got one. I mean, Harvard yeah, Harvard. Is, Harvard's the standard, okay, of the Ivy League schools. Supposed you think to be. of Harvard and Yale and that thing back and forth. It's like UVA and Tech. But, yeah, I mean, they are the, the, the standard bearers or mm-hmm. whatever. They, mm-hmm. Whatever that phrase is. Yeah. I didn't go to an Ivy school, so I don't know. So 40 what I'm counts even of plagiarism, one of them uh, being her husband's. Okay, interesting. Then <laughs> we have this headline where a Harvard professor tasked with combating anti Semitism mm-hmm. decides to skip out on the anti Semitism panel. <laughs> what? Maybe they had an appointment at, you know, their hairdresser or something. I don't know. Unbelievable. Um, The head of Harvard's anti-Semitism task force, Derek Penslar, reportedly claimed it would not be appropriate for him to attend. He was uh, previously scheduled to appear at a Center for Jewish History panel titled, What is Anti-Semitism? Definitions and Debates. Wow. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> once the panel began, though, moderator announced Penslar would not be attending, mm. but read a statement oh, okay. from him. <laughs> right. Quote, I am mindful of my role as co-chair of the Harvard Task Force on Combating Anti-Semitism, and since at the symposium I would invariably be asked to speak about the goings-on at Harvard, and since the task force is only now just being put together and its plan of action is being formed, it would not be appropriate for me to make comments at this time. Wow. Wow. Okay. So not going to be part of the solution. So imagine a bunch of scientists getting together and creating, I don't know, a virus. Let's just say it was Wuhan, for example. And then that vi- virus is released into the public and, and people start getting sick. And then, you know, 
we we have to come up with a solution. I think that these guys have released a virus into the culture of us woke DEI stuff, and it's beginning to eat their own. And what it's doing, that it's exposing like the guy you just did the story on. Normally, we wouldn't pay attention to this stuff, but they've released it into the bloodstream of the culture, and well, now it's beginning to eat them. But this is and what's I love so it. frustrating. You know, these hard conversations, these debates, mm-hmm. this 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 think tank stuff is supposed to be done in college. That's that's the purpose. And it's supposed to better the society as a whole. Right. And, and to open up dialogue yes, and all exa- that. Yes. Yes. The, the, More conversations. The panel was intended to address difficult challenges mm-hmm. such as identifying the line between anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism, determining the differences between free speech and hate speech, mm-hmm. and deciding the proper role universities should play in navigating these highly charged issues. So instead of being part of that solution, we're just going to throw our hands up and go, no, it's just not appropriate for me to, to do that. Penzlar is a professor of Jewish history. Oh, my gosh, really? And is the co-chair of uh, a presidential task force intended to combat anti-Semitic acts across campus. You mean from our government presidential task force that Biden's put together, his administration? Um, uh, Well, it says um, Harvard's presidential task force. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But still highfalutin. Yeah. You know, not chump change. Now, this decision faced widespread backlash after critics pointed out that Penzlar was one of over 2,800 academics, Mm -hmm. clergy members, and other public figures who signed an open letter written by the group Academics for Peace in August. Okay. The letter claimed that the Israeli government aims to ethically cleanse all terrorists under Israeli rule of their Palestine population, stating Palestines live under a regime of apartheid. Hmm. Okay. In a recent book titled Zionism and Emotional State, Penzlar also wrote that, quote, Jewish culture was steeped in fantasies and occasionally acts of vengeance against Christians. Uh-huh. Should he really be teaching I'm, I'm thinking you're, Jewish history? You're right. Is that a good idea? Well, it's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I hate the most, I'm going to study so I can teach my hate to others. My, my skew on my it. My skew, exactly. Another passage read, Israelis deposition of palestines from their land palestinians from their land and oppression of those who remain have made it one of the most disliked countries on the planet Mm -hmm. yes by all means let's put him in charge of of what is anti-semitic oh my gosh i'm telling you i mean harvard is becoming an the armpit of the ivy league it really is that's a good way to put it and you know you and i would run as fast as we can away from somebody like that Absolutely. When they're going, come in, come in, please, please join mm-hmm. the join the party. Yes, let's learn about let's learn about Jewish history. Mm-hmm. And when he hates the Jews, right. obviously. Jeez, what the? Please. It's I, just crazy. I, it is. It is so one eighty. Mm-hmm. It is so one eighty. Yeah. Of what it's supposed to be. It's pretty crazy, right now. It's hard to. It's almost like. You know, I, I remember hearing a pastor say, whatever whatever uh, your flesh tells you, do the opposite. <laughs> well, uh, Nancy Pants is in trouble, too. Oh, what's she up to? We need to talk about that. Um, former, we, got, did, we don't did the see ju- much from her. Did She's the gelato been, freezer break down or something? Or? 
Um, a video <laughs> has surfaced from October. Okay. In which she told pro-Palestinian protesters from Code Pink to go back to China, where their headquarters is. Oh, really? <laughs> Whoops. I'd like that, Nancy. Uh-huh. Go back, you commie. You know she, what? Uh, she told uh, members calling for a ceasefire to go back to China. Uh, these same women have been protesting for peace at her house for 17 years. Oh, really? Okay. Pelosi takes thousands of dollars from AIPAC every year. Who's foreign? Who's the foreign agent here? <laughs> oh, man. Social media uh, users uh, posted that Pelosi has lost it. <laughs> well, let's join the club. Pelosi's making Joe McCarthy look like a model of restraint and consistency. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Imagine the reaction if a Republican had said what Nancy Pelosi said. Right, right, uh, right. GOP operative Steve Guest said. Mm-hmm. We couldn't even say that the COVID virus were from, was from China. <laughs> right. I expect every news agency in America to interrogate Pelosi for her racism. That's not going to happen. No, no, no. Wow. Wow. No, she's losing her edge there. Well, you know, most of them have. It's unfortunate. <laughs> That's what happens when you get that facelift a little bit too tight. It's pulling on the brains. Makes you a little uptight. What little's there. 731 CBS News Brief is next. Currently in Danville, 38 degrees right now. In Lynchburg, 35 degrees. In Roanoke, 37 degrees. And and some sunshine. I think maybe it's going to be a walk the dog kind of day today. Maybe. I hope so. Yesterday, it wasn't the coldest day yesterday of right. the week, but it just felt... We went out and worked in the garden for a while, mm-hmm. and it just, I don't know if it was damp, it just felt so much colder than yeah. it really was. Yeah, it, it, it was did. Was it like that was at o- your house? It was only, I was only out uh, for a little bit, because I was I became it, a uh, office rat yesterday, trying to work on stuff, but... Uh, um, it, it just seemed much chillier yes. well, than I, I thought it was going to be. When I opened the door to let the dogs out, that's when I noticed it last evening. It was like, wow. We got their new, um, of course, the, the babies got all groomed yesterday. Oh, yeah. So they're, oh, you should. Man, she sent me a picture of her two little ninjas. They're most beautiful. <laughs> and and every time they're picked up from the um, from from getting groomed, it's like, you remember that Sheena Easton song, Strut? Oh, Strut now and walk it out and take that's what they were doing. Yeah, it's like they're on the catwalk. Well, you need they're to, like, look at me, look at me, you need look to, how beautiful I am. You need to take that song and make a video. I do, because that is exactly <laughs> what it, it was like. It would get a lot of hits, I'm sure. <laughs> it probably would. Yeah, they were really, they were really showing they get off their yesterday. autograph or their pograph or what are they But called? as you know, when you trim them out like that, they get really cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine are wearing sweaters right now. Uh, yeah, um, little... Um, little Baxter is because we got him cut Friday and and she cut him a little shorter than than we asked Mm -hmm. that's okay I mean they'll be by the time the weather really turns and Punxsutawney Phil is supposed to to show up on Friday we'll see whether we're having six more weeks If if he says no what does that mean I'm trying to remember is it more or is it less if he if he sees his Shadow, shadow that means more winter right if he doesn't see his shadow it means that it, it less because this was supposed to be a rather mild cruel oh i thought it was going to be a cruel cruel not summer but winter i thought it was going to be colder than normal it's been a big flop so far well, I mean, if you if you love i would love to have gotten a nice one nice hearty snow right because it's good for the water table 
you know, it sinks in really slowly. Well, we Matt Ferguson, it's just really good. Betsy from Lynchburg's Finest, along with Mike Rocco, their financial guy. And Betsy said, we got a snow already. <laughs> yeah, wait, that doesn't count. That's not real. Um, but I guess the, the good news is, because it hasn't been as cold as we had thought. Right. I mean, imagine what our, our bills would be like, our electricity oh, yeah. bills, if it was yeah. even colder with the, than it has been. So I guess we'll take take, take what we, what can, we get can get with that one, for sure. I don't know. Uh, so there was a tractor-trailer accident uh, <clears throat> that occurred um, in Nelson County. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one happened yesterday. Uh, southbound lanes of U.S. 29 in Nelson County were, were closed due to a tractor-trailer crash. And then we had another one in the wee early mornings um, this morning. This was in Amherst County, and that happened around 3.30 Wow. And it was uh, closed down both northbound lanes of US 29 at oh, Route wow. 151. Okay. So, okay. I know right, right where that's at. I yeah. mean, they had to detour uh, onto 151 and then back onto to 29. 29, 29 yeah. We have had way too many accidents and especially tractor trailer accidents. Trucks, we yeah. had one there on 460 mm-hmm. last week. It's been crazy. Hey, can I put out the call? Just my brother in law said to do this. He needs to find a good lawyer. Uh, he went, he changed companies and the, Last company he worked for doesn't want to pay him for his last run. All right, let's talk about that. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about what happened? Well, we can talk because a little bit about it. this is something yeah. that we're, we're very passionate about right, right. here. And that's our Second Amendment right, right, uh, right to, to carry mm-hmm. and to protect ourselves. It's a crazy world right. out there right now, especially if you're on the road a lot, which he is. He got, he got searched, and it was a random search, and they tore his cab apart, and they found a weapon. This was in Boston. Yeah, and, um, you know... He was, um, thankfully, the, the people that he was delivering to, I don't want to get too specific, but the people he was delivering to were able to get the load off. He thought he was going to have to call another tractor in mm-hmm. to move the trailer in more into the complex. Right. And um, and he's done government contracts before so and this kind you, of thing. Is and, he an individual? Well, he's working. He or does he, he work was, for it? He went to work for a company a few months ago and has been really frustrated because they're not giving them the runs that they said they would. And so it was already sort of tenuous with this guy. You know, and he said, look, you said you were going to give me, you know, so many runs a week, and it hasn't been that. And he's got a budget and a truck payment to make sure. and all those things. And so um, so it was already strained. And then this happens, and the guy, you know, cuts him loose, uh, doesn't want to pay him for the last load, even though the load was delivered. And somebody was nice enough at the complex to come out with their big forklift to lift to this get it. big piece of machinery So off. we have a lot of truck drivers that listen. Right. Um, now, was he was he not supposed to have He wasn't supposed to have a, a, we- a weapon on of any kind on the truck. And, and he, that's from... And they seized the weapon. And that's from his employer? Or is that because of lack of rep- reciprocity in the area that he was in? How how does yeah, that work? I think it's both actually. Okay. They, the employer, you know, let him go because of the incident. Mm-hmm. Even though the company got, you know, I, I get that part, for, but for him not being paid, yeah, that's which not is okay. a sizable amount of money that he needs, right? Um, they're they're saying they're going to hold it for forty five days. What they're trying to do is just wait it out in his mind, and so he wants to he wants to. So what can find a lawyer that a, will a truck press driver them. cannot carry? cannot legally carry mm-hmm. how is a truck driver supposed to protect themselves well, well let me tell you about this particular truck driver my brother-in-law 
he was shot like 25 years ago ah. by someone, and he was just trying to stop some nefarious activity. He was a truck driver then. He was out of his truck, mm-hmm. but he saw something going happening, down. and he and he intervened, and the guy pulled a gun on him and yeah. shot him. Yeah. So he's been shot. And that was 25 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that always would be in the back of my mind. Sure. So, uh, but he, you know... He got an, they seized his weapon. They did not arrest him. I don't. So he's got to he's got to send. And we had him hook up with Marco. Marco helped him out with some some advice and what he can do and where he should go. Mm-hmm. He needs to hire somebody for that case, right? Because he can't go all the way back up there just for a court case. It would be too expensive. So he has to find some legal representation, which I think he's got that one kind of figured out. He's just got to have other legal re- representation to get the money that's owed him for the last load. Wow. Yeah, so, so he's well, already been picked up. That's a pain by another company that's been wooing him. So, okay. Well, um, that's good because he has a spotless record. This this would be the only thing now that would show up for him. Right. He's had a thirty year trucking career, mm-hmm. th- which is clean. Yeah, and I'm sorry if you're traveling by yourself like that. Yeah. I, you know, that's a. I, I suggest. I, I would. I would guess mm-hmm. that that's the risk that other truckers are willing to make right. as well well if you know uh, for some, their own he, protection. he did say put it out there today maybe some of your listeners would know a lawyer they uh, might be willing to take that on. yeah or yeah point him in the right direction text janet 434-248-0704 if you know somebody don't want to talk about it on the air necessarily right but text her 434-248-0704 we'll and just say stan is his name just you know, want to help Stan out, here's a number. Or here's maybe yeah. a direction he can go. Mm. And, and stuff. He loves out. listening to the show uh, when he's when he's on the road, which is most of the time. But he sometimes he's unloading the truck during our show. Right. Because he gets there the night before. I mean, he is Johnny on the spot when it comes to these deliveries. Mm-hmm. And he loves what he does. And what are the odds that they would just randomly... Yeah. Can they just randomly search your truck like that? I, I Well, I guess so. This was a government... Uh, facility and it's like it, it's almost like you don't have a choice here buddy mm. so um Mm-mm-mm. and he's done all kinds of government contracts but wow it's never been a problem okay but at this particular area and, and i said look man i get it because the, i think that in boston anyways the terrorists and stuff mm-hmm. um two of them came two of the 9-11 uh, people came out of the Boston, you know, area. So, anyways, it's seven forty-four here on a Wednesday on the Morning Jam. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes, and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day, and working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill firmly in check. Some of the deals they have going on starting today, fresh chicken breasts are $1.98 a pound, boneless pork loins are $1.98 a pound, and beef stew or cube steak is $4.98 a pound. Now, you can use either of those Mm -hmm. to make today's recipe, which is uh, for Swiss steaks. How long has it been since you've had Swiss steak? Oh, my gosh. It's been a while. Is that not a retro throwback? That is a 70s throwback to, you know. Deliciousness. Wow. Yeah. Uh, This was easy to make. You can use your Crock-Pot or your Instapot. Uh, You're going to start by adding sliced carrots, celery, onion, and garlic. 
into the bottom of your slow cooker. Then you're going to take whatever your, uh, your your protein is of choice. I like to use uh, cube steak or even beef stew uh, okay. bites with this. I think it's really good. Uh, and if you are using a round steak or a cube steak, you can uh, pound them to about a fourth of an inch thickness, season them with salt and pepper. Uh, of course, if they're cube steaks, you don't need to do that. And then you're going to put flour into a shallow dish or plate, dredge them in the flour mixture, and then in a skillet, you're going to brown those steaks on both sides. Mm-hmm. And then in the same pan, you're going to add in some white wine. You're going to scrape up any brown bits, uh, add that to the slow cooker with the remaining ingredients except for the cornstarch. Uh, so that's going to include beef broth, diced tomatoes, tomato paste, Worcestershire sauce, dried thyme leaves, uh, and some more salt and pepper. And you're just going to put that in your slow cooker and let it cook on low for about six to eight hours uh, four to five hours on high until those steaks are just fall apart tender you're going to serve these over mashed potatoes um, or noodles mm-hmm. at our house of course okay. it's got to be mashed potatoes because <laughs> no. you know he is the mash man he Mashy is the Mark. mashed potato man uh, <laughs> you want this recipe it's a good one go to facebook type in janet's five and dying you'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share Brought to you by FNL Market, Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg, where their meats are cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam with Janet and Mark on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. The morning jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. You know, Valentine's Day's coming. There's gonna be a lot of Commodores playing <laughs> around that time. Yeah, I had uh, I had the one of the most romantic things my husband's ever done for me yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it was it was romantic. He uh, he called me and he said, "Babe, I was just at name of the store. Mm-hmm. They have that wired Christmas ribbon you like on clearance." Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ten cents a roll. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. I bet you got pretty excited. I did. You're going to whip him up something nice for dinner tonight. $35 worth of ribbon Uh for $1.60. Wow. I know. Holy cow. That is love. At our house, that is like, you're speaking my language, baby. Right there. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. uh, He did. Yeah. It went on on down there. Yep, I love I love to use the wired ribbons. It's what makes my my packages all pretty at Christmas time. Sure, sure. And uh, I had depleted them because I wouldn't pay what people wanted oh, right. for them. Yeah, right, but right. when he when he told me that, I like burned a path. Okay, well, so was there. it was it a was it a mainline store? Yeah, yeah, it's a Dollar General. Oh, Dollar General. Okay, yeah. yeah. And they and they had it all out in a in a big bin. How about that? And I loaded her up. Sure, why not? And and it was really pretty ribbon too. Jeez, so, I know. I love it when I save money. Sometimes it's just the little things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take any big grand grandioso gesture, right? Just an opportunity for me to get a lot of ribbon for a dollar sixty. I'm a low maintenance woman. What can I say? Well, it's funny because I I found my wife and I bought our cards for each other for Valentine's mm-hmm. the other day, and I said, oh, so we're going to read them like I'll go around on aisle three while you're right reading on aisle six. She goes, no, we're buying them this year. I said, okay. Oh, that's okay. Fine. Because when we were doing the Dave Ramsey thing, that's what we did. Here's the card I would have got you, honey. <laughs> <And we laughs> if did. I was going to spend that on a card. Right. So 
And I put the one card back, and it had it was along the themes of love languages. That's why I liked it. Oh, okay. But there was hardly anything on the inside, and it was seven ninety nine. Wow. So I put that one back, and I found her a nice one, and it was still I think five forty nine. But my wife does, and we love saving money. She does all the things at CVS to save money. Oh, she yeah. goes, guess what? We paid for the cards. <laughs> I paid three fifty for mine, and you paid three sixty nine for yours. I said, you are awesome, honey. Because, I mean, I don't know how CVS makes it with all the discounts we, we get. I don't know. Because she, she, she plays every one of them that you can possibly get over there. So did you read, we, we talk about love languages a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that the love language thing is absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. People, people receive love mm-hmm. in different ways. They right. give love in different ways. Learning to acknowledge how your significant other is showing you love. Yeah. Because sometimes we disregard that because that's not the way we show it. So it's like it doesn't count. Right. So I think there's a lot of validity in it. But mm-hmm. there's some new headlines right now. Uh, saying that um, that Gary Chapman's concept huh? um, of love languages, which has been oh, it's been around forever, it a- around a long time. Yeah, um, they're the five saying, love languages, right? Scientists are saying that's not real. Okay, well, you know what? Because he said that scientists are saying no, that it's fake. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, this is, it's sold 20 million copies. It's been translated to 49 languages. It has improved the relationships of marriages and mm-hmm. parental relationships right. around the world. Yeah. But the science, scientists are saying it's not real. Okay. So right. if you're not familiar, the, the five love languages are acts of service, mm-hmm. doing something to help someone, mm-hmm. uh, physical touch. Mm-hmm. Quality time, spending undivided time together, gifts, like giving gifts, mm-hmm. uh, words of affirmation. Right. But science science is saying no. Well. That's, that's not real. Uh, the study argues that the concept lacks empirical support. Really? And that Chapman's sample consists mainly of Caucasian, religious, oh, mixed gender, me. traditional couples, and it limits its universality. Of course. So, so, okay. So even though as a mixed mother. Mixed gender, in other words, a husband and a wife. Right. That's a mixed gender. Right. Relationship. And, and even though it's applicable it to friendships, it's applicable to relationships to, with your children. Your kids. To your, yes. It, right. There's all kinds of things that have been outgrowth, knowing mm-hmm. your children's love language. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. So we knew it was all going to come down to cisgender white people. Right. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, because, what you know, it is, too. We're just evil, you know. Uh, by default it's not grounded in data-driven psychological findings and you know what i find is that it's mostly white liberals that graduated from harvard that are you know the voices of all this anti-white stuff yeah you know i mean i know there's people of different you know genders and races and all that uh, that that claim some of this stuff but a lot of this stuff you you hear from the bunch of white people that don't like white people. And you know what the interesting thing to me is? Uh, there's <laughs> another article, and and this was this was written uh, on the 27th of this month, right? That talked about um, how knowing your child's love language can be the difference in a good relationship and a great one. Yeah, and I think I that is that. so true. I how think can that be? That is a black father with a black son. That can't be accurate. Oh my gosh! No. Jeez. 
If you're not familiar with the five love languages, I think it. I personally mm-hmm. think it's a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, so do we. But I don't know. I just and thought that was funny. It's used in premarital counseling too. Mm-hmm. So well, because I think there's plenty of empirical evidence, but it's not. It's not done in the lab, you know, like they want it to be done in. Yeah. So anyway. I know this stuff doesn't work like a sleep lab. People, we see changed <laughs> lives. That's how we know it's working. Right. And a lot of it's based on biblical principles. So, yeah. But they don't like the Bible either. Well, and maybe that's part of of why they're kind of going after it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So here's a question. Are you getting enough protein? Um, Are you getting too much protein? I'm probably on the minus side, I would think, maybe. Apparently, there is is a trend, I guess, because of Atkins and some Mm -hmm. of these other Mm -hmm. things. That uh, some people are getting more protein than they need, right? And they're overdoing it, mm-hmm. and they're um, lacking in fiber. They're not getting enough fiber, and there's uh, growing evidence, empirical evidence. I'm, I'm guessing. Okay. I had a taco salad last night from La Caretta that had the beef and the chicken in it. It had beans. It had a third of a tomato and some lettuce, and some cheese, mm-hmm. and of course the corn tortilla, which I, you know, consumed. Yeah. So are there any... It's all about balance. Right. You know, my, my daughter always talks about, you know, macros, yeah, making yeah. sure your macros are, are balanced mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it hard when I'm paying attention to my macros to get as much protein as I'm supposed to be getting. Right, gotcha. Um, but I think a lot of people are are just eating meat Mm -hmm. and when you do that then that you know that can be a problem protein you can get from nuts and those kinds of things right and legumes and and things like that i mean there's a lot of benefits to protein and protein should be prioritized Mm -hmm. but that can't be all that you do right you gotta have the fiber and you need like you said some carbohydrates that's where you get your energy from folks Mm -hmm. are the are the carbohydrates that doesn't mean you know that you have to to get it from a lot of people need yeah. to cut carbs, but not completely. They need right. to, they need to get rid of the refined carbs because our body doesn't process them. What are the signs that you might be getting too much protein? Uh, dehydration. Okay. Uh, bad breath due to ketosis. Um, uh, headaches, fatigue, mm. upset stomach. Um, you could also have signs of kidney damage. Ooh. Well, that's that. what they say. So. If you did, ever did the Atkins, you had to drink a lot of water. Because they said it would burn your kidneys up. That was years ago. It was Twenty well, years ago. Well, a lot ago. of a lot of water, and you have to get some of the good carbs in there. Yeah. Uh, they also suggest using a mix of plant protein with animal protein, not getting it all from from meats, but also right. getting it from, like you said, nuts, seeds, dark leafy greens, legumes, lentils, beans, peas, that kind of thing. Okay. So. Another dietary miracle from the Roser. But don't overdo it. That's right. 8 o'clock. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM.